Good morning. I will add my welcome to what has been said and add that we, as the body of the Lord, as we come together on the first day of the week, this, this Church of Christ, we seek to do things that we see in Scripture and hold to that pattern of sound doctrine. That is our aim and that is our uh, encouragement from the Scriptures. And we are so glad that as visitors here, you've taken the time to come by and to worship with us on this first day of the week. There's a period of time that we sometimes refer to as the, the period of silence. That's that period of time, those 400 years or so between the last writings, the last prophecies of the Old Testament to the prophecies, the writings of the New Testament. That 400 years there, that what we've deemed the years of silence. And God is silenced to his prophets. What must the Jews have felt about God during that time? Do you think they felt abandoned? Do you think they felt disfavored? After all, after all, they were God's chosen people. Do you think they felt lost? What we know, though, is even through that time, even through that period of silence from God, he had not forgotten the promise that he made. He had not forgotten the promise of salvation, which would come through the Christ. Isaiah 9, verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we see the beginnings of the breaking of this silence. We see God speaking through the angel Gabriel to Zacharias. He told him that his petitions had been heard and that his wife Elizabeth would give birth to a son. And we know who that son was. That son would be John the Baptist, who would pave the way for our Lord. After John is born, Zacharias, being filled with the Holy Spirit, says something very interesting as he prophesies about the coming Messiah. Look down in verse 78 and 79 of Luke chapter 1. It says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Beautiful language. The whole passage here of Zacharias speaking. Go back and read it when we dismiss from here. Beautiful language about the coming Messiah. And Zacharias, through guidance of the Holy Spirit, gives us these beautiful words about the sunrise. Your translation may say day spring. That, will, that comes from on high and will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness, referring to Isaiah 9, chapter 2, which we just read, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So let's talk about that sunrise for just a moment. I appreciate the song leader leading Lily of the Valley. It talks about the bright and morning star. We didn't rehearse that. He just happened to lead it. It was pure coincidence. Sunrise. In Malachi, 
chapter 4, which Jack read for us a minute ago. Verses 1 and 2, it says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and evildoer will be chaff, and the day that is coming will, be, will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. So then, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise. Notice the spelling of the word sun there. S-U-N. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. 2 Peter 1, verse 19. says, So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to, do which you do, uh, to, to which you do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. So what about this sun of righteousness and this morning star? Well, we can narrow our focus here on what's being talked about in Scripture. Ephesians 5 and verse 14 says, For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. We're all familiar with the story here of our Lord's birth and how the Magi saw the, saw the star. Notice how, what they say. We saw his star. Isn't that interesting? Of course, what we're talking about, the light is Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is obviously the light that we are talking about. In Revelation 22 and verse 16, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. John 8 verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not uh, walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Isn't it beautiful language to think about our Lord being compared to light? The bright morning star, the light of the world, the light of Christ will shine upon you. It's wonderful, beautiful language. Talking about Jesus as the light of the world. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. There's so much written about Jesus being the light and what that light means. So much so that I had to really pare down this lesson to get it to fit in a, a comfort level. I wouldn't lose all of you. I know there's only so long we can sit and pay attention, and I appreciate that about ourselves. There's so much in Scripture about the light and what the light means. So let's just focus on a few of them. Let's focus on what we read from uh, Luke chapter 1 about Zechariah's prophecy. And we'll also look here in John chapter 1, John's gospel, and talk about the light. Again, such beautiful language 
Let's read John chapter 1, the first nine verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. You hear the word light in there so many times. Such rich text. So many things we can talk about, about the light and enlightening men. So let's talk about a light. Let's talk about a light that is like sunrise. Revelation 2 and verse 28 says, I will give him the morning star. We studied that not too long ago in our series on the churches in Asia in Revelations chapters 2 and 3. Jesus is telling those in Thyatira that if they overcome, that if they remain faithful, that a new day is at hand. The darkness of sin and arrogance, uh, ignorance, sin and ignorance, that darkness belongs in the night. Jesus proclaims the sunrise, the sunrise of eternal day. No longer will man be left in darkness. The light is like that shines, a light that shines on those in darkness. We read there from Isaiah 9 and verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, a light will shine on them. Having come out of darkness, the light of Jesus Christ now shines on eternal day. No longer are men left in ignorance, not knowing the complete will of God. Jesus has come forth as the light that illuminates all men. We have the benefit of God's complete and eternal fulfillment of his redemption of mankind. Sometimes people ask me, what's the Bible about? I tell them it's about the redemption of man. It's about God's redemption of man. That's the story of the Bible. From Genesis 1 all the way through Revelation 22. It's about the, revel the redemption of man from his sin. All culminating in Christ, the light. We have that benefit of knowing God's complete and eternal plan. It's a light that guides our feet into the way of peace. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's probably one of those psalms we know. It's one that gets quoted quite a bit. See it around, see it on memes. Still learning what that word means. 
The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This light instructs us in the ways of righteousness. It illuminates the ways of righteousness. It tells us what these things that God has in store for us are. It tells how we are to be pleasing to God. It instructs us how we are to do that. And how we are to be pleasing to God, which ultimately leads us to peace. The peace which surpasses all understanding, all comprehension from Philippians 4 and verse 7. Peace, guiding our way into the way of peace. It's a light that is the light of men. The light of men. John 1 and verse 4. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. What we just read. Other places where we can tie this together. John 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. In John 11, verses 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. It is a light that enlightens every man. We read that right there from the scripture. Verse 9. There was a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Who does that leave out? We know from verse 14 in John 1 that Jesus is the Word of God. We drop down there from verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Enlightens every man. It shows us the truth. And Jesus Christ is the Word. He is the light of the world. He enlightens every man by making the word of God available to all. That's how every man is enlightened. The word of God is available to all. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4 says, God desires all men to be saved and to come to, knowledge, and to, come to the knowledge of the truth. Who does that leave out? All men. It is God's desire for every man, woman, of believing age to come to know the truth to be baptized to live a life of righteousness to live a life to Christ that is God's eternal plan now we know that that will not be carried out that not all men not all women will come to know the truth but it is available to all it has come into the world and it is available it shines on all men so that each one is without excuse. A light that you'd be blind not to see. A light so bright that even, uh, a light so bright that the only way that you couldn't see it was to be blind. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4 says, And even if our gospel is veiled... It is veils, veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
The only way not to see this light is to be blind. And to be blinded by this world. From John, 1 John 2 and verse 11. But the one who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You ever been out like on a evening, maybe you're camping out or something, we're in a very dark place. Your eyes have become accustomed to that. And someone flicks on a light. It's blinding, isn't it? You can also be blinded by the darkness. You can also be blinded so long in the world, not seeing the light of Jesus Christ, that you'll remain that way. But Jesus has come into the, into the world to enlighten all men and to give each and every one a chance to obey the gospel. Another wonderful thing about this light is that it's a light that shines in heaven. Not only do we have the light of Jesus in this world, but we have the light of God waiting for us in the next world. Revelation 22 and verse 5, And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have the need of a lamp of light, nor the light of the sun. And why? Because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. The culmination of light. A light so bright and so glorious that we don't need any other light. We think about the sun and how powerful it is, being so far away. And the sun is a very small star in relation to other stars in our galaxy and in our universe. I think of the tremendous amount of light that it gives off. It illuminates us here on this earth. In heaven, there won't be any need for that. In heaven, we won't have to light a match or have a flashlight to, to shine on, on our path. The light from God will illumine everything. It's the culmination of light. It's the culmination of enlightenment. It is the culmination of God's plan to bring his children home, to bathe in that glorious light. So the question comes, obvious from this lesson, are you walking in the light? Paul encourages us in, in Ephesians 5 and verse 8, You were formerly darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We've talked about recently about what it means to walk with the Lord, what it means to walk. It means to be in agreement. It means to be traveling with. In my study in my apartment, I had a sign made that, that's over my door. And in Latin, it says, in luce ambulant. Do we have any Latin scholars? I'll tell you what it means. It means walking in the light. I had that sign made to, re to remind me what I'm supposed to be doing. To remind me of Paul's encouragement to walk in the light. I was formerly in darkness. I came out of the world. I was walking in darkness. My eyes blinded. But I came out of the world. And now it is my mission to continue to walk in the light. If you're not walking in the light, what are you waiting for? 
Why are you still in darkness? Remember what we've said and, and pointed to from Scripture. There was a light, a true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Every man and woman can be enlightened because the light is there. The light is in the world. Repent, confess, and be baptized, and you can be a, a child of light, as Paul reminds the Ephesians. You too can walk in that wonderful and beautiful light. We have the light from the sun in this physical world, but we also have the light of our Lord Jesus Christ in our spiritual world. It shines in and exposes error, exposes sin, and tells us of the beauty of truth and the beauty of love for our God. Why are you waiting? Don't you want to be a part of that? If you're a child of God and you've slipped back into that darkness, yes, that's possible. It is absolutely possible to fall out of the light and do again walk in darkness. If you've done that and you need the prayers of this congregation, we can help you with that. We can pray for you. We can help you along the way. If you are subject to the gospel call or you need the prayers of this congregation, you can let that be known 